0: Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile, how to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and I get to help you feel the magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul by chatting with incredible leaders, healers, and change agents who give us their messages of hope after overcoming challenges of their own. And today we're talking to personal branding, visibility, and business development specialist, Karen Gamba. Did you know that your greatest pain when you're on your knees is your gold? Are you ready to break free from others' expectations? Listen as Karen, who left corporate America to do what she's called to do, is here helping you tap into your joy, your inner calling. Karen's a branding expert and co-founder of XV Agency, as well as founder of Women Building Women. Get the wisdom right now to better understand yourself and to distinguish your own unique gifts. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Karen. Hello there. Thank you for having me, Lauren. Yeah, thanks. This is great. Okay, so you have so many gifts, and I am just fascinated by your story. You're growing up in South Africa during apartheid. You have this great education, and you get to corporate America. You, the supposed success... I mean, depending on how you define it. Right. And then you walk away from that. Your family must have been just like, what are you doing? And that was to follow what you felt was your true calling, like what you should be doing. So what gave you the oomph to do that? Because so many people, they know there's something wrong, but they're not doing it. And there's, I know there's so many questions in what I just said. So.
1: I think just to kind of boil everything down is we are so conditioned by the way we're raised and our environment and the people around us that we forget to follow our instincts. And so often we just stay in a life and a lane that just doesn't fuel us. I often speak about the fact that I know so many people whose bank accounts might be running over but their souls are empty and they just feel so depleted and sad. Mm -hmm. And finding that happy medium of, you know, of course you want success, you want to put bread on the table, you want to support your family and live a comfortable life. But if you are not there in body, mind and soul to be a part of that journey, because you're so depleted from a job or a career that doesn't fuel you, then what is the point? And it was those thoughts that really got me moving forward into Yes, uh, on paper, everything looks great, but how am I feeling? I'm unhealthy. I'm going through very difficult times. I'm feeling stressed. I'm not sleeping. It took a lot of time and soul searching and reading and really going through great difficulty, trying and failing over and over again to find a window. I think we. We are incredibly hard on ourselves and we forget to give ourselves that self love and compassion that we give to others. I think those are the things that I needed to kind of gather to start okay. moving forward. What were you doing? I mean, why
0: come to the States? Like, so what had you come here? Is that like a goal
1: that you had had? Yeah, I mean, from the time I was a kid, you know, you grew up in a different country. Hollywood is a very powerful vehicle. And I watched all these movies and shows about New York City. I think by the time I was eight years old, I knew I was going to move to New York. I think I said that to my mom around the dinner table one day. And I was like, I'm moving to New York. I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to be a famous writer. I'm going to be on the New York Times bestseller list. This little seven-year-old kid doesn't know anything about life. This was my idea in my head. Funny enough I ended up in New York and ended up Yeah, you manifested that. Huh. <laughs> I did. I did. Becoming a writer in New York is not the easiest thing. It doesn't happen like it happens in the movies and the books. So I actually had to get a real job. Ended up working for big international law firms for most of my career in business and client development. And in a way, I guess I was writing. I just wasn't writing what I thought I would be. Yeah, right. You know, even those experiences where you think you are you have this beautiful idea, you know, best laid plans, and life takes you in a different direction. But the one thing that I've been getting to a point of in my life, as this happens as I get older, I have such gratitude for the things that didn't go right, because I've learned so much in those moments. The moments when they're happening are horrible and terrifying (laughs) and soul-crushing. I do not have to tell you this. But if you can walk away from these moments and these lessons saying, you know, I worked this terrible job at this law firm. I, you know, I didn't have a great manager. I, I felt really stressed out and depleted. If you can walk away from something like that. Even if you do go to another law firm or you stay in corporate America, but if you can learn from the experience enough to not only insulate and protect yourself, but also make sure that you're not repeating the same mistakes over and over again. We know what the definition of insanity is. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Some of us, we tend to ignore those instincts that are a tiny whisper, a soft whisper, like a, a beautiful breeze in the wind till it becomes a scream. And the scream usually comes when you are just, you cannot get out of bed anymore. Most of us wait until that moment before change happens. And unfortunately, many of us continue and still don't make that change. And I don't judge anyone for that because it's not an easy thing to do. Even making that decision when I kind of hit the peak of climbing the corporate ladder in my corporate legal career, it had taken me over a decade to get to the decision where I knew I wanted to try and stand on my own two feet. I had built enough of a network and a career where I knew that if things didn't work out, I could go back to the law firms and, and find my way back. I had that little bit of sense that I could go back, but I knew I never would. But sometimes we have to tell ourselves a story to propel ourselves forward. So. Yeah. I don't want anyone to think that it was just me being brave and saying, oh, I'm throwing caution to the wind. I'm throwing away my salary. This is going to be a breeze every single day. I now have a business partner. We run an international company. Every single day brings new challenges. It doesn't mean it's easy because you make the change. But when you make these changes that focus you more on fulfillment and happiness instead of a salary, there is something that fills your cachet so much more than just a salary and just a financial background. Because I found out that my joy is what drives me. It's what makes me good at what I do. It's what makes me a good family member and friend to my friends and a business partner. When I'm depleted and unhappy, I am of no service to anyone, especially myself. Right. So,
0: I mean, this is all hindsight, obviously, and uh, somebody struggling to find their joy when they're not even in it.
1: What would you suggest to them? I think if you are able and if you have the resources, you need to start surrounding yourself with a network of people that aren't going to tell you what you want to hear but tell you what you need to hear. And there is a very, very strong distinction in that, in people who will keep you accountable. It's called tough love. That's the short term for it. We tend to gravitate to what's easy and what feels nice. And sometimes we know that even so, it's, it's kind of against our instincts, but it's a much easier road than going uphill. And that doesn't serve you. I realized that I really needed to start challenging myself mm-hmm and doing what was truly difficult if i was going to grow and if i was going to grow as a person it's it's very easy to say oh you know i studied biopharmaceuticals for you know in school and i know everything about that topic i challenge people to study something completely take a course on art history take something that's going to take you completely out of your comfort zone and learn something new because it is in those moments of feeling Unsecure, where your confidence is a little bit challenged, where you're putting yourself in a conversation where you actually have to say, I have no idea what you're talking about. I would love to hear more. Tell me more about this topic and this subject. I am a sponge. Speak to me. I'm here to learn. That vulnerability and that humility is the thing that I see drives people forward every single day. I work in branding. Essentially, my job is to help people tell their stories, to help them find their core values, to help them find a way to get their consumers to connect with them. And if you cannot be honest with yourself and say, these are my weaknesses, these are my strengths, you're never gonna truly get to that point of connectivity and and being able to learn. We are so driven by what other people think our egos can get bruised so so easily if we don't keep an open mind. And, and it also comes back to self-compassion and self-love and giving ourselves a pat on the back because, you know, the one thing I learned, and it's a story I have to remind myself of every single day, is that I tried to speak to myself as if I was coming to myself for mentorship and help mm-hmm. and say, it's okay, Karen, you you know, it didn't go the way you planned. Let's find a new way to do this instead of saying, oh, how stupid, you did it again. You made that mistake yeah. again. That inner self-talk, it, you have to be so aware
0: of that inner dialogue. Constantly. Yeah. I don't think I've called myself stupid in a very long time. I don't even remember the last time. It's But it used to be a constant, I'm sure it was a constant refrain. I used to just think I was stupid. Yeah. I mean, I would just study extra hard because I'm the dumb one in the family or there are all kinds of things. You
1: know, I mean, it's so true, Lauren, because the thing is this, you know, I am now constantly reading my sister-in-law and I have these great debates about how we are trying to just self-improve and not for anyone else, but for ourselves, we have a general curiosity about the world and life. We're doing all this, this reading about, how to kind of rewire the conversations we have with ourselves, how to give ourselves that little pat on the back, how to feel confident enough to say, you know what, I did that. I'm proud of myself. and don't feel like you're bragging or wondering what someone else will say or think. What are some ways that you're doing that, that you guys are doing this with each other? First of all, when I first came and and stayed with them while I'm dealing with some of the stuff I'm dealing with while I'm here in California. I walked into the bedroom where I'm living in and she had a stack of books like this on my (laughs) nightstand. You have to read this stuff. It's going to blow your mind. You're going to learn some great stuff. And the beautiful thing about that is I really encourage people to have conversations with each other, true conversations. You don't have to agree with each other but allow each other the respect to share opinions and say, you know what, Lauren, I actually see where you're coming from. I don't necessarily agree with you. I need to do a little bit more research on my end. But the problem I'm seeing nowadays, you know, I'm grateful for the relationship I have with my sister-in-law and the conversations we can have. The problem I am seeing in the world as a whole, just trying to function as a person who's trying to give myself that self-love and compassion Is that there's this great feeling of division? It's political, it is spiritual, it is, you know, country, it is whatever. There's this just this feeling of division where I feel that. It was a time where people were more open to having conversations and saying, let's agree to disagree. And, and now I feel like we're moving further and further away from that conversation. I don't know if COVID had something to do with it where people felt like they needed to protect themselves and their families and get into a state of just let's hunker down and do what's best for us. You know, I'm not saying don't do what's best for you. I'm just saying we have very strong beliefs as people. I think we all do. I am feeding my soul and trying to learn to be a better human being and really just be more hopeful about what the future is bringing by opening myself to learn other people's opinions and at least just listen more. I don't think I speak as much as I used to. Yeah, I think I listen more. They say that we have one
0: mouth and two ears for a reason and to try to listen twice as much. I don't know, maybe. How was it growing up with apartheid? I mean, I don't get to talk to too many people and I don't know, most of my listeners are in the United States, although I have a lot in the Philippines and a lot in different, it's very interesting when I look at where my listeners are, but You know, I don't have that many that would be
1: familiar. So just briefly, if you could. I'm happy to speak about it because I think, as I mentioned before, when we started out, we are so conditioned by the way we were raised that the the little things that kind of became a part of our values or the way we look at life comes from, it stems from the home. I believe that. And the way I grew up in in a mixed race family is the way I can explain it during a very tumultuous political time in South Africa has also led to how I lived my life as an adult, to how long I remained cautious. I grew up in a time where you didn't speak out, you tried to lay low, you didn't try and bring attention to yourself just in case it could lead to some trouble for your family. And it wasn't all negative. I can tell you one thing. I wouldn't change my childhood for the world just because of how resilient my parents were in teaching us about the world and life and being hopeful about it, even during dire circumstances. I think it gave me a great sense of being able to be grateful for even little things, tiny little things. I mean, I lived in in New York for over 20 years and I would wake up in the morning and it would be a cold, snowy morning and I'd be walking to the subway in New York and I'd think, wow, you live in New York City. You're this little girl from South Africa. Look at where you live. And that is something I've carried with me is to always be grateful. Even when you're in a hot car during a heat wave and the air conditioning doesn't work. You're like, look at where I am. Let me try and be present in this moment. Say it's not the perfect conditions, but I get to be here right now. Let yeah, me yeah. make the most get, it. To. Get, get to,
0: absolutely get to. And it raises the vibration. You're it, not just yours. I mean, gratitude is just very high vibrational. So that's...
1: So yes, that's the long story short. Look, it was a very challenging time. It was a place where... For a long time, I learned you can go here, but not here. There were very strong divisions of, of how people were divided. And it carried me through my life where I would never overstep a line. I would never speak up if I knew something was wrong, because I it was so ingrained in me to not make a fuss. Even though I was living in a country where freedom of speech is, you know, a part of everything. And it took me a long time to realize that I had was now living in a place where I had the power to make a change if I wanted to. I could use that power for good or evil, right? It's like the Marvel supervillains and heroes of the world. You choose to to use that power for for good, or you choose to, to stay silent and continue to see something happening that shouldn't. And so my childhood, the restrictions I have I had during that time that were actually physical restrictions of where I could go and my family couldn't go. There were signs that said we couldn't go into certain places, you know? We couldn't drink from certain fountains. We had to go into the back of a restaurant instead of the front. So those types of things carried me through even when I was working for very prestigious law firms in New York City, I would still carry myself in that way of do a great job, keep your mouth shut, don't say anything, don't cause too much of a fuss. But it's what led me eventually to wanting to start my own business, to wanting to start my nonprofit, which really focuses on helping marginalized women with career and educational opportunities through mentorship, giving them a safe place in a forum to explore what opportunities are, and understanding that there are choices through solid networks that they can explore, that they don't just have to go into a certain job or a career because that's the only thing they and their families have ever known so in a way i took that experience as a child into how i could use the um the resources i had in the united states to try and pay it forward in some way and and really help people in that way that's your women building women women building women, women, building women. Mm-hmm. yeah and is that still happening Yep, it's still happening. We actually earlier this year just got an amazing grant from Masterclass Mm -hmm. to start giving some classes to some of the the people that are involved in our organization to expose them to the arts and culture and different careers from, you know, some of the people they're seeing on TV, learn about directing, learn about making documentaries, learning about telling their stories, learn about art so we are very excited to be able to, in some small way, make an impact and, and show these women out there that there's so much more to the world and that in any way we can, we, we're here to support them.
0: Yeah, no, that, I looked up the nonprofit and it's amazing what you're doing with that. So with back to the branding, with having people know their core values and tell their story and so on, how do you help people with that? Like somebody so, who's listening, that wanted, they're like, I don't know. How do I know what they are? I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses, but I don't know my, what are your choices?
1: It's interesting how I took this approach. And I, I know I'm preaching to the choir when I speak to you because of your career and background. I worked with lawyers for most of my career, right? They're an interesting bunch of people. I worked with lawyers. I worked with investment bankers. I worked with all of these senior executives, um, C-level executives for most of my career. Part of how I tried to create the outlier, my partner and I, his name is Frank Carlisi. He is literally the person that gets me out of bed every day. Before I even go into my branding business, I will say that before you make a career change and you know you want to start your own business or you need to do your own thing, make sure that you have the right partners, make sure that you have the right people by your side. It makes all the difference. doesn't matter what you know it's about having that network of people that really raise you up every day and challenge you every day. Man, he gives me a hard time every day, but we're like brother and sister sometimes the way we fight. But everything he does when he challenges me makes my work better. And I am so grateful to him. He brought such a creative eye to me coming from this corporate background, dealing with these individuals I was just mentioning to you and being able to help them find their way. How do you not be defined by a company brand? So you're a big partner at Scad and Arps, but what is it about you that helps you stand out? And that's really what our personal branding company does and our visibility branding does. So you want to do some stuff that promotes the firm, that's fine. But we wanted to help you tell your story. How do we help you as an individual behind the big company, get your thought leadership opportunities? How do we get you to speak about the things that drive you? what your core values are, which nonprofits you're affiliated with, and why. Why you take on the certain pro bono cases you do. So it's not only lawyers we work with. We work with small businesses, medium-sized individuals. But what we do is we really try and dig deep into people's personas. Why did you become a lawyer? What are the things that drive you? What is the One dream you had that if you could have one other career besides lawyer, what would it be? You won't believe how many people will say, oh, I just wish I had a bakery in Portland and a coffee shop. That's what I would do. That's what I'll do when I retire. So it's interesting to dig into that and and realize all of the different things that makes humans tick. It helps us make them unique because a lawyer is a lawyer is a lawyer, you would think, and that's not true. These are individuals. These are people. They all have their own stories. They are all driven by different histories. So are the investment bankers. So are the individuals that come to us to help us, to help them raise their profile and visibility. Now, what is the hardest challenge that you've overcome and how did you do it? Honestly, I I will say one of the most challenging things that have happened recently and will be an impact in my career for a long time was COVID. Because when In early 2020. Well, I meant personally, not necessarily professionally. No, professionally and personally. It is something that impacted literally both sides of of my life and as far as my self-esteem and self-worth was concerned. So my business partner and I had, in early 2020, We put on a very, very successful event at Webster Hall in New York City. We sold it out and we were preparing ourselves to grow our business in this way where we were going to go on this national tour. We were going to go around the United States and share our values and what it is we do with our company. We were super excited and our entire company and everything that we had prepared for as individuals had come to this moment. We had the red carpet laid out for us. We had the partnerships, the sponsorships. I was telling my family, they were so proud of us that we had gotten this opportunity to to travel around the country, sell out venues, share this thing. I was writing about it. This was everything I could have ever dreamed of. And then COVID hit and said, people cannot gather anymore. And the thing is, the reason why I say this is a personal thing was I took it personally. And this is something I really try and educate people about is that when things go wrong in business and in life, we always tend to absorb the impact and figure out what did I do wrong? How could I have done things differently? How could I have insulated myself better? How could I have protected my business partner from going through this? We now have to completely pivot our business. Do we leave our business? Do we start from scratch? And it was a very personal thing for me. I realized that there was so much devastation going up where people were losing family members from this. But just, I can only speak for me and my journey, it uprooted me at a point where I just felt I had gotten my feet on the ground again. It was a time where I just felt like I had come through this dark, difficult time and I was ready to start over. And I felt like a tornado came and tore my life apart. And so the COVID pandemic kicking off in in early um, 2020 was a very difficult thing. And and the fallout of it is something we are continually still emerging from. And it was something that I took personally. I felt that I should have been more prepared. I should have had other options open. And I, I say this over and over again is because, we have to get to a point as individuals to understand that there are things we can control within ourselves how we react to a horrible comment how we react to our road rage while we're driving or not whether we're going to wave or use a different part of our hand to to say hello to someone there are things we can control internally but we tend to forget that there are things outside of our control and we have to step away and let go of that so it took me a long time to really understand that this was a worldwide pandemic this was not something I did with my business but it's it's all part of who we are and how we're mm-hmm. built some people were like oh Karen you know why are you worried why are you feeling so bad about this you know it happened to everybody but I did react to it and it did set me down mm-hmm. mentally physically not wanting to get out of bed and all of the above
0: Yeah, no, definitely. So what are your tools that
1: you use when you when you spiral the people around me? I have gotten to a point now where I realized asking for help is important. I never wanted to delegate in work and otherwise. I always had this brave facade. Everything's fine. Didn't matter if my world was imploding within me. I always felt Also part of how we were raised. Don't make someone else uncomfortable and start crying. You know, don't start crying in front of Lauren in the bathroom, even though you're having the worst day of your life. Maintain that facade and letting my guard down in front of people I now trust, I realized, is what fuels me being able to say, you know what, Lauren, I'm actually not going to be able to come over this weekend. I'm just, and then having Lauren say, you know what, I'm coming to you. I'm going to come, I'm going to bring some bagels and we're going to hang out on your sofa. We're going to watch some funny movies and I'm going to be there for you. It was something I never did. And I'm so glad I started being vulnerable enough to ask for help. It changed everything for me. Yeah. It's an amazing thing.
0: It's like, it's so much easier to do that for someone else than to allow somebody to do it for you. Oh, it's- so hard, but you're actually, when you turn it around, you think, oh no, I could do that for you in a heartbeat. Absolutely. In a heartbeat, unless there's blood about, like if you got hurt physically, right. and like, right. like, I'm so bad with, with like that. <laughs> like, I'm the queasiest person ever. I'm just so queasy. I'm like, I, I went, my friend had back surgery and she goes, do you want to see the scar? I go, no. And I, I went to sit with her while nobody else could. I go, I'm there. You know, like, yeah, what can I do? But when she said, you want to see the scar? I was like,
1: no. I don't want to see it. Oh. And yet I believe, you know, in the situation, if you, if I slipped and I needed your help, you would be there to grab my hand. That's the person we are. We click into the mode we have to in yeah, the moment, right? it is. it
0: is. I don't know what it is where you go, I'm not okay. I need help. But it's that. And that is, that's being human, authentic, vulnerable, all of it. I'm not a poker face. I can't even be anymore. I just love that your answer it was, it said everything. And so your emotion that was with it said it all oh, too. So I like put my hand on my heart because um, I'm this Tara Brock uh I love Sarah Brock. I listen to her when I'm like yeah. walking. She's like a warm blanket over you. Uh her talks and um
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah, and her meditations and things and she's always like put your hand on your heart and so that's what I do. <laughs>
1: you know, like I know. You know. And and those physical things we we learn to do as we kind of expand our consciousness and and try and learn to be kinder to ourselves. Those things work. They take practice. And I want everyone out there to know that sometimes trying something new can feel very silly and uncomfortable. I say stick with it. Try, if, if you know it's something that you're giving to yourself, even if it's just five minutes of peace and quiet, do it more often. Give yourself the time. There's always something to do. There's always going to be another email you have to respond to. There's always going to be that person you have to call back. But I just, I want people to know that my personal success and my personal health expanded when I started giving myself a little bit more respect.
0: Yeah. It's an amazing thing. And taking the time and slowing down has this exponential effect in every single area. Suddenly we actually have more time, more focus and get more successful. And as we take actions that go, we we get in touch with our higher self and suddenly, oh, this is what I want to do. And we feel the fear because the fear is going to pop up. Like, who do you think you are? You can't do this. You can't do that. Because that's just a natural reaction to when we start doing something new and you, you feel the feelings and then you keep going anyway. And you tell your friends and you're like, ah, this is what's going on. But you just keep going. And keep going. the universe starts meeting you and, and everything starts showing up to match what it is you want to do. And it all just starts showing up. So, I mean, it just, it just does. Uh, It just, everything is happening for your highest good. Like the future is friendly. That's what somebody said. I wrote that down. I wrote that down. I have my little note here. I'm going to write that down too. Isn't that good? I was like, oh yeah, I have to remember that. The future is friendly. Oh, I know what it was. A friend of a lot of ours had passed away (laughs) about a month ago. And somebody reminded us that she always said, the future is friendly. And she wanted us all to remember that she said that. I was like, oh. So now I just put that out there. Is that good? I
1: love it. You know why? I think we spend so much of our lives in anticipation of what the future might hold. We stress about things that may never happen. Oh, no. The best is always yet to come.
0: Always. Always I've interviewed enough people that have been through horrendous, like unbelievable things. We're a resilient species and we get through and- we deal with the loneliness and the I don't fit in and we deal with all of those things and we just keep going. If we're honest and we say, oh, you know what? I was with this group of people and I knew they all knew each other and everyone had it together except me. <laughs> 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 like I didn't have I didn't have the right clothes. I didn't have the right, clothes, <laughs> right that.
1: Well, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, many times. yeah.
0: And then when I'm spiritually fit and I feel balanced and everything, I don't care. Then you I don't just care. don't even care. I don't notice. I don't usually notice anyway. But-
1: and that is such an important statement. It's part of what I, I wanted to mention to you today is when you have comfort and confidence and love for yourself, you can be in any situation. You can be in your Lululemons or your shorts, and yeah. and you you're fine with it. And everybody's fine with you because you're comfortable. Yeah. You're not there like a deer in the headlight saying, look at me, I'm uncomfortable because I'm wearing my shorts right now. There's something about people who have an air of confidence about them that is just infectious. It makes you feel more hopeful. It yeah. makes you feel safe. It makes you feel like there's a, a place you can land at and, and have that conversation. And I want to be able to be more of that to people because there's so many people out there who are feeling disconnected or alone and afraid to step out into the light and i know that we've all been there it's not an easy thing to be vulnerable it's not an easy thing to put yourself out there and not know what's on the other side of putting yourself out there but i encourage people to do it anyway and and find a way to love yourself enough that whatever happens you can deal with it go to your bestie say listen you need to come over for pizza right now i had a rough day and that's what it is yeah
0: yeah i mean There's only good on the other side, authentic, being your authentic self. And besides, nobody's paying that much attention to you. This is the thing. Everyone's paying attention to themselves. So even if they go, ooh, they'll forget about it two minutes later. So you don't even have to worry about it. Like Even if it gets a raised eyebrow, it's like everyone's attention spans way too short these days. (laughs) And we
1: carry so much with us mm-hmm. thinking that these people have their eyes on us, thinking about what the outside world might think. You're absolutely right. People have their own stuff to deal with. They're not Yeah, Nobody's thinking you. about
0: you. Like, really, nobody is thinking about you. And they're not going to remember if they are thinking about you. Nope. They just won't. Yeah. So that's a sad truth. It's like, you know, your are 15 minutes of fame. I wonder what that's down to. It's got to be down to way, way. That Andy Warhol, most people will be like, what? What, what are you talking about?
1: No, I first of all, um, most of the people I deal with nowadays, the the younger generation I have no idea who Andy Warhol is. Yeah, so, I know. There you go. I didn't,
0: you, <laughs> I didn't want to tell you what my daughter said to me
1: earlier.
0: <laughs> She's like, who's I, that? And then she looked her up, she goes, She's an icon. I go,
1: Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, I honestly I saw something very funny the other day. This guy saw his daughter cracking up. She was watching something on social media and he said, What are you laughing at? And she said, This funny old man who's like jerking and dancing and like shivering on stage and he looks so funny and he looks over and it's Mick Jagger <laughs> and I just I thought that was the funniest thing and he was like honey that's Mick Jagger and she said who is that
0: <laughs> he was just uh in Europe when I was there still performing
1: I'm like Wait. gotta love it
0: I know I I'm you. like wait I what? want that really? energy from him. <laughs> He's I'm like okay. Going. I was trying to think I I mean I saw him when I was in law school for like my fourth time or fifth or sixth time. I don't even know. Do you have a message I hope you want to give?
1: My message of hope is going to be a reiteration. I'm going to say allow yourself to be vulnerable. Allow yourself to rely on your network. Allow yourself to surround yourself with people who challenge you but who love you, who give you tough love, and really think about letting go of things that aren't serving you anymore. It's going to open up a world of possibilities for you.
0: Oh, you. That's so good. This was fun. Thank you for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope. Thanks so much, Laura. And this was great. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Karen's messages of trust, authenticity, and connection such great messages to take into your week ahead be sure to tune in next week with another empowering episode all about overcoming challenges it's really a lot about confidence and how to take your confidence with you into the day and really feel empowered and also how to take the next step staying aligned with your true self and who you're aligned and called here to be that's next week it's a great episode be sure to get on the email list if you're not already on it so you don't miss anything. Just go to the website at 52 weeksahopecom There's also a fun quiz on there. When do you self-sabotage? That's on the website. And if you're not already a member of the Facebook group, go ahead and join us over there. It's a safe space to share with each other. And um, we also live stream into there. So that's always a good place to just chat with each other and get to share. Anyway, if you're enjoying the podcast, share the love and tell two of your friends. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening.